fight, man. Episode number 10, we got a special guest today. Everything's good, man. Good to be here. Thank you for the invitation, and like I said, blessing to be here, and nah, all we, is well. We appreciate you coming. Let's just uh, get it going, get out of the way. Where did, uh, where did you grow up, and how did that go? What prompted you to move to Chicago after growing up? You grew up where? I grew up about... A little over an hour north of Chicago in Racine, Wisconsin. Oh, true. Right on, it's right on Lake Michigan, in between Milwaukee and Chicago. So, grew up there, you know, started skateboarding, and what was it, about 87 or something, nine years old, 10 years old. My brother skated, you know, and built it from there, you know. So, grew up in Racine, ended up like going to Milwaukee a bunch and skating there. And then we actually had a metro train that would go all the way to Chicago. So that's, I, I pretty much owe it all to the fucking metro train. Like getting introduced yeah. to the city? Yeah, because we, we would we'd be able to, like a Friday night, we'd be able to get like a $5 weekend pass, yeah. get on the metro train, I know all go, all, go down to Chicago, <laughs> hang out. And we had met a bunch of people in Chicago. So, you know, had people waiting for us on the other side, skate all night, sleep at their house. You know, I'm talking in high school, you know what I mean? Right, so it was so like, like 14, 15? Yeah, 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, nice. like going through. Like, it was pretty much when I was a sophomore, so let's say maybe 15. You know, had gone there in a car a couple times, you know, with people and then met a bunch of dudes. And next thing you know, you're able to go down and like while out, skate all night, go to crazy house parties. Like, Hell yeah. You know, Shout out that Metro Connect, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because like fucking, what is it, like an hour away? Well, it's a, on it's, the metro. No, it's actually on the metro because you have to stop going all the way down. It's, it's more about an hour and forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But in a car, you're about an hour and ten. Hell yo, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't ditch many a school days, man. Calling myself out, hop on that metro, yo. <laughs> yeah, it takes you a lot of places. So coming here, fifteen, sixteen to skate, learn the city. When do you move here? What age is that? I graduated high school in 1994. I was 17 years old and immediately moved. Oh, okay. That's yep. what's up. So yep. in the city at 17, and then when does, what, what is your first like work here, employment? What are you doing when you get money when you come here? <laughs> Wild, you ask. <laughs> so I, I, I always worked super young, you know what I mean? Like 15 years old, washing dishes. I was in a coffee shop, then, then in like a, like a machine shop, you know what I mean? Before actually working in a machine shop was the catalyst in my life to be like, I'm not going to be like these dudes. Hell like yeah. these lifers in here working 40 years 
plus in the same job working on these machines. I was like, hell no, not letting this happen. Yeah, I feel like that inspiration is yeah. needed. I feel like everyone's got that inspiration at some point in their life from something where you just see a reality in front of you and you're like, I don't think this is my reality. Yeah, yeah. Right. If they actually get a fucking job and try. Right. Mm. That's a whole different story. So like the coffee <laughs> shops, the machine shops and all that, what, what sparks... I'm going to open a skate shop in, what, what year are we talking about at this point? It's still a long time ago. 1997. 97. Yeah. Right. So I moved there in 94, you know, like had enough money to pay for four months rent, had I maybe like seven, 800 bucks, you know, to just like kick it. And I, I thought I had, I thought I had it all together. You know, I was like, I'm going to kick it hard. I got, I don't, I don't have to do shit. I got rent paid. I got money. Everything's good. One of my roommates worked at the Board of Trade. You know, it's like the stock exchange, mm-hmm. yeah, options yeah. exchange, Board of Trade. And he was like, oh, they're hiring right now, man. You should go down and, like, put in a resume. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm good. You know what I mean? I, that could have I been even your job too, if you put that resume in. Well, no, I did. Oh, really? So okay. I, I went, because, you know, I've always been raised to work hard and, like, do shit. So when an opportunity comes, don't snooze. You know, honestly. So went down that day, put a resume in. They called me back the same evening, and I was on the trading floor the next day. I didn't even know you ever did that. How was that experience? <laughs> it was wild, man. It seems crazy. Super wild. It was before any electronic trading, you know, so I'm like in the pits. They call them the pits. It's is like, it like the movies? Yeah, like, just like the movies. Yeah. I was going to say, like, how does this shit work? Because I'll be trying to, like, get into my trade bag every once in a while. And, like, <laughs> it's different now. I got in on the last end of the way it used to be. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like they have these big pits, all, you know. The people are just like yelling and shit. Going papers waving them in there. Going ancient, exactly. I mean, my first day I saw a dude get like a pencil to his head. You know what I mean? Because the dude above him in the pit was just getting crazy and like, you know, basically jabbed him or he, he fell to the ground and nobody gave a fuck. They keep it moving, keep it moving. Keep it moving, yeah. Literally, nobody gives a fuck. You know, and then literally all of them, are, there's no drug tests. So everyone's fucking wilding out. Yeah, it's like the Wolf of Wall Street. Quaaludes, baby. Straight up. Pretty much exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is even in the 90s, you know? So, mm-hmm. ev- you know, every dude that owns whatever company, they, they try to one-up who's got the hottest chick working for them. So it's like crazy dynamic in there. It was... It was it's just like super ego, a bunch of money. Exactly. Crazy shit. Just crazy shit going down, mm-hmm. you know? And to come from where I lived and like literally the next day be on the trading floor and like watch this. It's, it was pretty, pretty like humbling and just wild to be like, God damn, these are the dudes that run our finances. Holy shit. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, no, okay, cool. I get, I get it now. I get it now. You know? So anyways, moved here, started working, you know, at the board of trade. I think I went almost two years and then ended up, Getting overworked, you know, it was running in, like, I started off as a, uh, as a, uh, a runner. Familiar with all that, this shit? Should called. I even talk about this? No, yeah, no, 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 keep going. All right, that's cool. what it's called when you're on the floor, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, no, so I was, I was a runner where I had to go in and, like, grab, grab the card from the trader after he did a trade with another broker, mm-hmm. and then you have to hand that to a trade checker. And then the trade checker goes over to the other broker's trade checker to verify the trade. And then you had to go back to your, to your you know, 
desk and timestamp it, and then it goes into a working order. So the title runner is super efficient. That's like really what you're doing. You're just running, making, yeah. you're running here, running here, making moves. Yeah, exactly. So, so you did that for two years? No, started off as a runner and then moved into a trade checker, you know, making a little more money, whatever. And then I ended up, the company that I worked for got bought out by a big corporate company and they just worked my ass. I was running an entire desk by myself pretty much. Had this Napoleon dude who fucking like was an asshole boss, you know what I mean? He took over. Yeah, next, yeah. Checks in the mail, checks in the mail, next check, next check. And then I eventually was like, actually, fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, literally. That shit hard, though. Good as hell. No, it did. And I, one day, I, I literally like, was just like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. You got over me too many times, and I'm going to fuck you up. So I like, literally, like, for an entire day, took all of the trades and never timestamped them and like just threw them all over the fucking room. Did them dirty, yeah. Like that's what you and, and, and I don't even know. I don't even know like how much or what happened. But I'm sure they fucked things up. Yeah, because they at the end of the day they couldn't get me. I'm just I work for them. It's it's on them. So I did get my last check, but I know I, I got them real good. <laughs> so you gotta stick it to the man. Hey, that's like the definition of sticking it to the man. Always on principle. Yeah. No, check it out. So literally like walked off the floor that day. I know I'm done. I'm not coming back to work. So I would go to this coffee shop across the street and made friends with the dude, owned the coffee shop, like old deadhead dude had gone to, you know, 300 dead shows over the, over the eighties into the early nineties. You know what I mean? And then he opened up this little coffee shop. So I start. I was telling him like, yo, oh man, I fucking, what I had done that day. And he's like, well, because I had worked in coffee shops before and I had told him. So he's like, well, how much money do you make? I'm like, minimum wage, whatever, whatever it was at the time, you know. He's like, well, how about you work for me and, you, you know, I'll give you that much plus tip. So I literally just like, <laughs> like walked out, <laughs> told the story. And then next thing you know, I'm working at this coffee shop across the street. Were people from the, your old job coming in to get coffee? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so, I, sl- I slid over here real Got quick. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I've got no stress on me, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, like, <laughs> I get and t- I'm making I get more money. Yeah, yeah, right? Making more money. Man, you know what? Since we're talking about this, because I just thought about it, it's a great fucking story. So, first day of work when I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll take the job. I had to be there at 5 in the morning, you know, early as shit. Like, wasn't 21 yet, so probably a blessing, you know? So he's like, oh, I'm going to show you like three stories down. You're in downtown Chicago. So it's like there's sub floors going, sub basements going way the fuck down. He's like, oh, I'm going to take you to the storage room and show you. So he takes me downstairs. Like it's like four sub stories down. Brings me into this random room and he goes, all right, now we're going to take the drug test. Like hand comes out and it's got a joint and a lighter in it and I just take it and light it up and he's like, all right, you passed. (laughs) (laughs) He's been to 300 dead shows, you know. You're like, of course. I knew exactly what to do. I'm like, he's like, all right, cool, you're good, man. Like, you're good. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome experience to go from being super stressed, your boss just being a bitch, to moving to your boss just embracing who you are, just being himself. Yeah, work here, you're gonna make more money and just figure your shit out. You know. Yeah, exactly. He just kind of took me under his wing because he knew that I was in a position and knew that I was a hard worker and just, yeah, come on in, dude. So, like, at these times, are you still skating? I was skating my ass off. It Good. was amazing. <laughs> That's all what, I did. What spots were you skating back then? 
I mean, a, t- a ton of the same ones now. I mean, like, honestly, at that time, Picasso was still jamming. Uh-huh. Post office, and it still is, and I can't fucking believe it. But then there was a bunch of other spots that, like Octagon, which was down by the Hancock. Like, that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, spots come and go, you know what right. I mean? Like, it just depends yeah. on where you come into this world and... What was that spot you was, that we was talking about the other day that you were it was right by the lake? And I was like, I've never seen that shit before. Oh, I don't, I don't know. It was like a little wall thing. Oh, oh the, the seawall. Sea yeah. I was like, yeah. I've never seen that shit before. How about I never before. seen That's a sea famous wall. Chicago that, spot. That is, that is a, an iconic, yeah. famous, like, skate park. Yeah, I mean. The thing about, like, the loop <laughs> in well, Chicago. Well, that's why. Is, yeah. There's always so much construction and new shit. There's literally spots come and go, like, by the week. You know, like, oh, this building's done, there's a spot here. But while they were building the building, there was a spot because of the way the construction was. Mm-hmm. It's just so... But it's crazy how it is in downtown Chicago. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it goes. it's the ebb and flow of the city, man. Even neighborhoods change, you know what I mean? And it's just... It's the, the, the dynamic of the way things work, and it's mm-hmm. always been that way. Things so, are going to get built, things are going to get torn down, and, you know, exactly have fun while they're there. As development continues. <laughs> and Chicago still, as much as it's a major city, it's still a growing city. It's, like, rapidly... Growing and changing, so it's crazy here. So, like, while you're making coffee and is making that move, is that when thoughts of the shop come up, or you still got you go other places from there? Not exactly. I mean, it it really was a organic, genuine thing that happened. One of my good friends, he came across some money, and you know, we were talking. He's like, oh, "I want to open up a restaurant. You know, what do I do with this? Blah blah blah." And I immediately was like, "Well, fuck a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, let's." open up a skate shop like you know sessions had just closed you know the only other spot was windward but it wasn't a real Hell skate yeah. shop you know yeah, what i mean that's like, like the thing about like chicago i remember like when i was young it was no skate stores you know what i said we there were i remember I, I grew up in oak park like west side or whatever mm-hmm. there was a store there was a store first gear huh first gear yeah yo <laughs> i know nice. i know it well yeah. hell yeah slim you know, you know slim nah yo all right. But I just remember going there. I used to get like get like shit there. I used to have my grandma drive me up there when I was like in sixth grade. That was the only spot to go for real. Other than other than like CCS, that was the only place you could go yeah. get some shit, some right. real shit. Yeah. So other than so Kmart. So that same type of thing, like we filled that void in the city, even though mm-hmm. we weren't downtown. I mean, we ended up in Wicker Park because we all lived in Wicker Park and it was cheap. You could do what you wanted, you know what I mean? Like that's that's where we yeah. all went at that at that point in time. So the first uprise location was more Milwaukee and Ashland area for like a major intersection, Milwaukee Ashland ish. Yeah, Walcott. So how how did you go about finding that location? Like finding a retail space without? Because I'm sure the internet wasn't really there was no internet. So how do you find a retail spot? Just look for signs, or just look for signs, go down the street, and like. Make it work. How big was the first spot? I never got to visit the first location. It was like 3,000 square feet. It was pretty big. Well, that's, that is, that's a solid size space. Yeah, it was pretty big. I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't tiny. We actually, we literally had like a hangout spot in the front. So like right when you walk in, you walk into a bunch of dudes like chilling. Probably not the best idea. I don't you know think what you I mean? make that same idea now. <laughs> Never now. Y'all should be in the back. Make yeah, wealthy, like, make when people out, walk out of sight, you know, whatever. But at that time, like, nah, man, we're doing what we want to do. Like, you know, no business plan. We're, so, we're just f- filling the void and making shit happen, you know? At that point? I was 21. 21. So you and your friend that are doing it, are you doing it together or does he put up the money and you're kind of doing he it? He put up, like, let me put it this way. He put up the money 
you're never going to get an account unless you already have a physical place rented. So we had to rent the spot. And I, I just remember sitting in there with a freaking fax machine. Nothing else in this entire, like, storefront. I have a fax machine plugged into the wall. I'm in the middle of the room, and I'm going through a thrasher, just, like, filling out deal, like, hitting people up. They're faxing me dealer apps, and I'm filling out dealer apps and faxing them back. <laughs> so when you open the show... Literally, that's how it starts. On the dealer app, don't they kind of ask you for, like, references of other companies you're working with? Or- well, now, yeah. At that time, doing at the time, skateboarding was dead. Like there was nothing going on, so I'm sure they were happy just to have anybody hitting them up to even get an account. If you happen to remember, what are some of the first accounts that are like, yeah, you're good to carry our shit? Deluxe, which was like, That's re- awesome. yeah, real, real anti-hero True. that stuff. Um, fucking giant distribution, which was like Mad Circle Element couple other companies back in the day there was a lot more um wasn't this giant back then no i think at that point i think they were on their own and then they went to street corner after that yeah they kind of started street corner and then brought all their brands in right yeah exactly adventure and yep city something city city skateboards yeah 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 so many years of things coming and going it gets kind of blurred (laughs) <laughs> and so, how many how many years do you guys spend in that first Milwaukee location before moving down the street? We were there from uh, 97 till 2001. And then they literally, like, tripled our rent, like, out of nowhere. And it was like, holy shit, we can't pay that. What are you talking about? You know? And they're like, well, get, fit in or get out, kid. You know? Like, literally, <laughs> my, my, my landlord was just like, I don't even know if he was Italian or Romanian or some shit, but he had, like big butterfly collar chains just chain i just remember chains dude like so <laughs> many and he, he owned continental sure. furniture he, was probably he owned continental oh, furniture sure, sure, which sure. was Down right over by yeah up a little bit so i'd have to go in there to pay rent mm. and i'd have his name was ray and i'd have to get back to his office which was all the way in the back and it was just really surreal to me and today even to this day it's like some movie shit <laughs> and literally you get back to this dude in this big beast heavy set dude with a big butterfly collar and like chains and you know what I mean? I like, picture him with like chest hair. I picture him like oh, he's got straight, straight up chest hair you know coming out. I didn't, chest I didn't even put that in. There, yes, exactly. Like, I feel like it was a given all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that goes back to the whole neighborhood back in the day. It's just passed down old money, yeah. man. Like, hell yeah, they'd been doing what they want forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's up, yo. Yeah, I remember like, bro. I remember like going to that shop when I was like. In like eighth grade, bro. <laughs> cool. I remember, I'm like, I remember like you were talking about the current one, right? No, the old one. The old one, bro. Oh, nice. that, was it? Was I in eighth grade? I probably was in like I was in junior high, but like the first time I ever went in that bitch, bro. And like I remember, we used to, have to take the North Avenue bus yep. all the way down, bro. Yep. And like yeah, that shit was that. I would always remember that shit, bro. You know what? I remember like bad wax. It was the first time I ever seen wax before that I could just buy and just bring it and just do my own shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, no, I mean, that, that seriously makes me super proud and happy and like, you know, stoked that we did so much, you know, put in so much time and energy because yeah. that's what we're doing that shit for. You know what I mean? I got to tell you a funny story. I would love to hear it. So like, 
uh, my boy, like I used to skate like in Oak Park, and like I was still in junior high, so I'd be kicking with the high school kids that'd be skating, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we going to uh, Uprise or whatever." I mean, like, yeah, we going to shop or whatever. So we, I go with them or whatever. Like I said, first time I ever like seen like wax available that I could buy, and I'm like, "Shit, I'm gonna start grinding everything, bro." Ball well, right. Came back to my hood or whatever, like waxed up my neighbor's step. I'm not even thinking like this is they shit and I shouldn't do this. Waxed up my neighbor's step. She got super pissed, bro. Came came like to my crib, whooped at my mama. My mama whooped at me. I was on lockdown forever because of that shit. <laughs> I get it now. Okay, cool. I understand. Like, yeah. fuck, man. Like, all right. That's funny. But yeah, yeah. I always remember that shit. Yeah, and also, like, even, like you said, like, coming into the shop, you remember. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things, like, even now when I get frustrated, like, whatever's going on and, like, shit ain't the way it used to be and, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So many good people come out of skateboarding and having... having uprise and a place for people to go and hearing these stories later like just makes my fucking day <laughs> oh, like, for sure. or like like i'll be in a bar and like some whatever not kid anymore but i knew him as a as a youth mm-hmm. you know like and then you don't see a motherfucker for like 10 years because you know chicks cars everything come into place at a certain age and you might not see him for a while but they'll always remember you and next thing you know they're buying me drinks at some <laughs> random bar and I'm like wow that's amazing man like hell yeah that's why we do this shit you I know I mean growing up as a kid and having the local shop that local shop is so, such a huge part of your life you know even if they only know you from saying what up at the shop if they see you as an adult it just rem- they remember their whole childhood or and if you see like, them oh, out thank you so much for everything you've done you know I got you and that's crazy for you on the other end to see this kid at a bar and you're like damn you're a man now you're not like the mm. little kid that came wild, in wild shit oh, what's up guys what's up with these boys blah 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 and, and on that note I remember was, uh, probably four years ago coming back late night man you know and like out of nowhere all these kids come out of the bushes about to rob my ass one of the kids knew me from the shop. Damn. He's like, no, no, chill, chill, chill. Don't do it. That's see, that's amazing. You don't do it. I know that. You know. I mean, skateboarding. And I, and I walked right the fuck away, man. There's no certain person that grows up skateboarding. That's one of the reasons why I feel like I've had such a melting pot of fucking friends. Is skateboarding brings everybody into it. Hell yeah. It's not yeah. like just this one kind of person. That's how I found out about like punk rock music. Fucking everything I found that's out from meeting people exactly. in skateboarding. That's how I found about everything cool that I know about. Yeah, yeah. it all started with really? skateboarding. It's like Stevie Dredd says: "There's no isms in skateboarding." Yeah, it's just skateboarding. Like, everyone hangs out together. Damn. It doesn't matter where you come from, what race you come from. Every you all look out for each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because like, that's my homies. Like our common relationship is skateboarding. So it doesn't matter where you you could be the richest kid with a banker, whatever. You could be poor as fuck, and you're gonna look out for each other because you skate together, and that's your common. That's how you got to know each other. And the thing is, skateboarding at a certain level is such a personal thing because you'll meet up with one or two of your friends, and y'all are on a session for three, four hours. You can't just talk about skateboarding, so you end up getting to know these people so well just because you're sitting at a spot together for hours on end, and you can only talk about like, oh, so and so did this trick for so long. And you start to talk about each other's lives and get to know real shit about each other. Hundred percent. So many mm-hmm. friendships have came, real friendships have came from skateboarding. Yeah, and, and, and traveling too. So it's like, whatever neighborhood you come from in Chicago, you know what I mean. You might not have ever even gotten out of that neighborhood had you not gotten into skateboarding. 
Oh, because he thinks you were across oh, the world. My, my homie's over here. Well, I got to get to his house to meet up, and then we're going to go from there down to wherever, and from there, you're all city, so you end up yeah. you end up seeing so much more shit than being stuck on your block because you had nothing, yeah. you had no reason to leave. And like, really, that's your first way of like getting around and shit. I remember like I remember like skating like long distances was nothing to me when I was like when I was in school and shit. It was nothing, bro. You didn't give a fuck. I would get I would like we would like I said we would like skip school, take the metro downtown. I would skate from the I would skate from the motherfucking Millennium Park station. Yep. All the way down to Wicker Park. Before there was a skate park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before there was a skate park, bro. <laughs> also that too. Chicago did not have no skate parks for a long time, bro. Not a long time. And, and it's What's kind of crazy, like, I was going to bring this up because, burping over here. No, but seriously, it, it's really fucked up, but because of skate parks, it's created a new skateboarder. Like, they don't even care or want to go down the street or, like, skate to the store, skate to work for transportation whatever they only go to the skate park so it's kind of it's kind of crazy now and like i don't i don't i don't like it yeah no I never it's kind of really, weird it's just fucking really weird to me that like, that shit before, but like how, how could you just like not want to cruise you mm -hmm. know what i mean how would you not have that inner primal urge to just like kick it and like yeah. go somewhere yeah, you're gonna come crazy. to the skate park you're gonna get a ride to the skate park and just <laughs> skate the skate park and that's it it's kind of weird. I yeah, it's weird. Like, I never yeah. really thought about that because, like, now everyone has everywhere has a skate park. But like, I told you when I was in Oak Park, we didn't have no skate park when I was growing up. Now they got one, but before they didn't have one. So like, yeah, like you said, we used to take the the bus, the train, and shit just to go skate. Like, oh, it's a spot over here. We should go here. Woo -woo -woo. But like, yeah, now they probably just like kick it at the skate park. I mean, I've said this a bunch in the last couple of years, and it, it's sad, but I really mean it. If I found skateboarding now at thirteen and still felt the same way I did at thirteen. I don't think I'd be as drawn to it. It just doesn't seem as pure to me anymore at all. The shit I like loved growing up skating and that made me think it was the fucking best thing ever, I don't really see that in skateboarding, but I'm also not a current 13-year-old, so I don't know. <laughs> but it, just, it doesn't seem as appealing. I, don't, I wouldn't start skateboarding now if I was a young yeah, teenager. Well, I, I would just I, be like, yeah, I don't know. I understand where you're coming from, and honestly, I think that's because it, it will, skateboarding will take in anybody. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. And you can grasp onto skateboarding no matter who you are as a person, as an identity. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you know, it, don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but like, you know, like kids growing up, man, it's like they want to grasp onto something. And now it's like, oh, it's cool to skate. Cool. I want to grab a skateboard, you know, but one, maybe two out of every five skateboards sold, that kid's going to keep skating. Well, because starting skating is fucking so challenging, dude. If you're just doing it because you think, like, I want to pick this up, when you go to start it, it's fucking very it's difficult. Brutal, I'm glad. I'm glad that it you backed me, me up on that. It took me two years to learn the ollie. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm glad that you backed me up on that because people will come through looking for it as an identity, but you got to pay your dues, man. You can't just like walk with the skateboard. Yeah, yo. Like, you just, nah, you got to, like, get out, you got to get into it, you got to get hurt, and you're going to continuously get hurt, and you're going to build yourself and your own mental, you know, but you can't just, like, buy a skateboard and be a skateboarder, it just, you look right through it, you know what I mean, like, you just can't, it's, you can't do it. So, when you switch up and move to the current location back in the day, and skateboarding still pure, 
and not like that? Is it what is it slow at first? Is it the grind, or are you just because that doesn't even that wasn't even a prime location back then? No, so, it was hood location. So we were just grinding it out for the first couple of years. Yeah, I'd say I'd say solid ten years. What do you think the change was in it when you started to be like, okay, this can be financially lucrative where we can keep this moving? When the neighborhood changed and more money came in. Yeah. Honestly, straight up. What, 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 you, what, were y'all what, like anticipating what, what, neighborhood changing? No, no. It just, it, like it I said, it was it. straight organic, like just going with the flow, young, young and restless yeah, yeah. and just like making shit happen, you know? Like I remember when I first, when I first moved to Wicker, when I was in college and shit, that shit was hood, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. I've heard stories. I've only lived here 10 yeah. years and I heard um, at that time, even when I moved here, Wicker was just starting to be bro, a place where people would go. I, I had a, a recycling center on the corner. Which is now a big condo, you, you know, you know, whatever, 20-unit building, but it was a recycling center. So for the first six years of being there, we had the only recycling center anywhere close to anybody in Wicker Park. So every motherfucker, it was wild, dude. It like was fucking, cans and it shit. was wild. <laughs> well, no, so, kind of metal. No, blah, blah, blah. well, I'll just be real. I mean, literally, at the end of the day, all these dudes, they'd hustle all day, picking up cans, doing whatever. They'd all come back, pool, pool their money together. One dude would make a run, or the dude would show up in a car or on a bike or whatever, and they'd just do crack the rest of the night, and it was out of control. Like, I, they would just be back there wiling out, That's man. Crazy. I had to go back there and be like, yo. And, you know, like, dude, no fires between 12 and 7. I told you guys. <laughs> no fires. Like, I'd go back there and be, like, cooking eggs on styrofoam and shit. It was, That's like, wild. wild. I would never equate, like, wild. recycling to crack. <laughs> I didn't know those things were it's a, it's, a, it's a way to get money. <laughs> but now it makes sense. <laughs> and the thing about crack is, like, it was never expensive. So you just needed to get some money. Bro. And you can get the rock. I mean, th there was times where I got so fed up and I'd be like, I'd call the cops and I'd be like, yo, dude just came. He's here right now. He's the dude dropping the shit off. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, come and get him. The cop would come and just like, you know, go down. They don't want to touch those dudes. They don't even get out of the car. They're not going to search anybody. They're just right. going to show up and like drive away because that's what they do. They'd rather give a ticket to some younger dude because he's going to pay it. Those dudes ain't going to pay shit. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, and it was just fucking, like, really wild, man. And most of them were Vietnam vets and, like, just crazy to see, yeah, like, people in that situation. Yeah. That's very true. So do you just see that, like, slowly start to change? Or was there, like, a drastic change that happened? More of a drastic change. It, it was, like, a two-year, like, it was that way for about six years till about, like, 2007 or between six and eight. And then things really started to change when they were started building up all the condo buildings and they took all the the old warehouses and turned them into condos, you know, like west and east of of Milwaukee Avenue right there. And Just made it more appealing for people with money to start moving into the neighborhood. Yeah, and, and once they move in, they they pretty much dictate what happens yeah, and they're not going to let that. They're going to fucking complain all day long. You know, that's you know how what I mean? Do that like, shit, that's man. how they do that shit. They got to get, get like the skate, the skateboard. They got to get like the art kids in there first. The motherfuckers that don't give a fuck that'll just be there. Right. <laughs> and then once it's all of them, then they just like, fuck it, it's safe now. Let's move in. <laughs> man, I'm so... The art kids always go first. I'm so glad you just said that. So, 
I'm going to take this on a different tangent right now just because we're talking about it. But So 31st Street Skate Park. Burnham, right? Burnham Park, right? So 1999, right, is our first meeting to build, to get a skate park built in Chicago. And it's going to be at Burnham, you know? So we're sitting there with like all the fucking top brass, like, you know, Chicago Park District people. And they're putting shit out. They're like, okay, we're going to put you here. 31st Street, and I'm like, damn, really? You know what? I literally, I looked at suit and tie dude. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm really, I'm super grateful to be here, and like, stoked that this is happening. But like, do you understand where you're doing this? Like, have you been there on a Friday or Saturday? Do you know like where this is going? Because like, I understand, and it's like, kind of crazy to me. You know? And he looks at me, and he goes. Well, think of yourselves as the Marines. We're sending you guys in first. See? Straight up, <laughs> straight up from the top fucking brass park district motherfucker. And what, what are you going to say to that? So you got introduced to the beginning game plan of gentrification? Exactly. Like, this is how we do it. This is a plan. Straight up. We have our 20-year, 10-year, 15-year plan, and we're sending you guys in first. Yeah. At least he was honest with you. No, I know, but yeah. what do you, as a 25-year-old kid in some grown ass fucking suit and tie dude just looks at you and is like yeah fuck you kid we're sending you in first and like you know what I mean take it or leave it you're just like god damn it's that cutthroat you know what I mean like that same philosophy applies to even the neighborhoods because before Wicker is current Wicker Park it was an art kid community for a while and then other people just started to move in because that's what they gotta do bro Cause like they not gonna move in until they feel safe. Do they feel like it's safe? You got the no. art kids. I want dude, but the art kids, the skateboarders, the musicians—they don't fucking care. No, but that's what I said. Yeah, they like, don't. They, they don't fucking care. care. No, they, totally. They just but, trying to yeah. be where it's space at. But once it's, exactly. once you look around, you're like, oh, it's like an art art neighborhood. Oh, this is great. The music is great. So much culture. I fucking here. love this. Like yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's what happened. They doing it at the Garfield Park right now. Like that's why I work here. I work in Garfield Park. Right okay. Now. And, like, that's what they're doing in Garfield Park now, bro. They it's, I mean, think about it. It's the last neighborhood. Yeah, yo. Yeah. That's, that's around the city. Uh, that's close yeah. to downtown. downtown yeah. That hasn't been, you know. That's what they doing, man. Like, we like I work, We move there. I work at the care. They, we move there. And then, like, all, us, all of a sudden, I start seeing, like, Maseratis and shit. And I'm like, who's driving a Maserati? Or, or even, like, on the opposite end, like, little Fiats and shit. I was like, I know ain't nobody in the hood driving this Fiat. <laughs> it's hell no. People at work and shit. They open a coffee shop over there and shit. I was like, coffee shop Fiat. I'll save an extra two years than to drive a Fiat. I ain't going to be seen in that shit. <laughs> right? So this story kind of goes with the question I'm going to ask. So yeah. when I met you guys before in person, I was working at the distro in California, and we distributed the Chicago's Finest Volume 2 video that you guys put out, which was crazy. Side note on that to see, we're, we're a distro in California. We distro to shops across the country. We get in this Chicago skate shop video and fucking shops are ordering it. We were getting like runs. We're hitting you, yo, we need to re-up on that video, which is amazing to see because that video was great. But so I get to know you guys then and then I move here and I kind of realized as Uprise, you guys never had a team. It was more like a family, like people that fuck with Uprise. Do you feel like that same mentality got you through the struggle years where even though like you're not super known like you are now, it was such a family vibe where people just really rode for the shop. They were like, this shop is fucking my home. I'm going to hold it down. Do you feel like that same thing applied to why you never had like a team? Just be like, we're just family. And they held you down through the grind years as well. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Honestly, 
having that attitude where we were like, you know, I'm not trying to recruit some asshole kid, even though he can skate, he's so fucking good. Because you just because you can do a certain thing doesn't mean it's like, oh, we got to get that kid. Holy shit, you know what I mean? It's about your attitude. And, and like, if you're coming into the skate shop and you're supporting what we have going on, we'll get you to where you need to go. But if you're a dick about it, we're out, you know? Because, like, we're... I was raised by elders who fucking slapped us around and, like, you know, taught you how to do it. And if you didn't want to listen, go, go, go do it on your own real quick. Go check it out. So the kids, kids growing up, you know what I mean? Like, they can land a three flip. They're, you know, they're a good skateboarder, but there's so many good motherfuckers. Yeah. It's like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, so gr- kids growing up, like, want you to tell them that, like, oh, my God, you're, like, you're on the team and, like, oh, that, it's a justification you know what I mean? For that, yeah. and, we don't, and we don't do that. Yeah, what I learned when I moved here, I was like, anybody that I saw in an Uprise video or edit, y'all are really close. You guys actually fuck with each other. It's not like, oh, yeah, this kid's good. I give him boards. He reps the shop. Once I got to know all of you guys, it was a real bond between everybody that I would see in the videos. So I feel like that putting that energy that made you be like, I'm not going to start a fucking team is that same energy that'll get you through hard years. Because you'll... You guys even make it feel like if you're just someone that comes in the shop, they feel that same way. Like, I want to come back here. And those are the people you need to support, spend money in the shop instead of, we got this team, they're really good, whatever. 100%. Because, I mean, like, it, it also weeds through a lot of, like, assholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly. Because, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. a lot of people are just looking for a title. They're just looking for something to, like, be cool and, like, tell everyone that they're doing something. But, like, actions speak louder than words. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. <laughs> You know, if you, if you live here and, like, you're fucking badass and, you're like, you're coming in to uprise, I'll do my job to get you where you need to be. If not, go to the next dude, whatever, next skate shop or whatever, because they're just yearning for a title to, like, come up. You know what I mean? But you right. got you got you have to earn that shit. You know what I mean? Like, only, you, only what Kurt was saying, like, the reason I feel like motherfuckers really fucked with y'all because y'all was really filling a void in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all was, like some real shit like y'all was real you know what I'm saying it's not like some shit that was like like out in the birds like those little birds like well, little no, shots but, but you know what though like even even that shit like I always wanted burp shops to be there mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah yeah cause like, you need I mean, that you need that th- think about Chicago as like a mini country mm-hmm. alright there, there's more people in the Chicagoland area than some countries mm-hmm. so like if you're if you're going up and wherever rockford or fucking elgin or you know naperville or whatever like in my in my head i was like no there's room for all of us to grow here because like we came to the city we we set shit up here so when that kid that kid who grows up out there he needs like and he he needs like something to back him up right in like a skate shop to like keep him going until he moves from that place, and then you move to the city, right? And then you come in, and you're a part of a new world. Hell yeah! But if they never had that skate shop growing up, they might not have ever skated. Well, like, so I never had that beef with like, well, like the suburbs. Not, not, suburb, not even like suburb when, shit, I say, you know? when I say that y'all was like real, it, it seemed like legitimate. It didn't seem like something that motherfuckers was trying to put together. Well, going back to what I said, actions speak louder than words. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah totally. So when, exactly. like when you're when you're doing events and you're like bringing people together. People see that shit, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even though, like, I know I'm not getting paid for that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Literally, every single event, nobody's paying you for that. 
you're doing it because you want to do it, and eventually you're just like, okay, well, it's going to bring people in, and you're you're creating a scene, mm-hmm. you know. But people aren't dumb; yeah. they they see right through that sh- the bullshit. Hell yeah! So when you guys are one of the first doors, like a skate shop door to get Nike SB, how did that change the scene? Because it brought a lot more people into the skate shop that weren't trying to skate at all, and that probably yeah. changed the the financial spectrum of the skate shop as well. Yeah, I definitely say that. I mean, and then also go back to, we're in a Nike city, man. You're in Chicago. Oh, for sure. yeah. you know? I guess just disclaimer real quick. Like, I grew up, obviously, skateboarder, but I've always fucked with, like, streetwear and stuff. So I'm not, any no hate on the people that were just, like, going SB crazy, because I understand. I wasn't super into sneakers, but I get the culture very much. What, what, what year was that also? Do you remember? Um, I'm pretty sure that was 2002. So did you just see a huge influx in traffic? Once the- well, no. Well, here's here's the, check. It. So we're at a trade show, the ASR trade show in Long Beach. Been going, had been going to that forever, and then remember Xavier? Mm-hmm. That was so, a Nike company. Yeah, but they tried to do it on, on, on the slide. People weren't going to be exp- exp- like people. People see through that shit. You're eventually going to get found out. You can't hide shit. Like just be real and fucking do it right. So they had gone through that whole Xavier period. Mm-hmm. There's a couple year hiatus, maybe a year. And then at the fucking trade show, there's a Nike booth. And all they had was the dunk. Like sitting there in two little like booths. You know, like in me and Maya, I don't know if you remember Maya. She was my old partner at the skate shop at that time. I, um, I was like, we, we looked at each other and I'm like, fuck, dude, if they're going to reissue this old shit, like, this is, like, per- like, fuck, this is great, you know what I mean? So, filled out a dealer app right there. We were the second or third account for Nike SB. It, it had no idea. Had no, the, had no idea. At the trade show booth, does it say Nike SB or just Nike? My bad. You hear that? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit. Word. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. No, no, you can leave it running. Yeah, we'll just that shit. Yeah, so, so at the trade show, on the booth, does it say Nike or Nike SB? Just Nike. Okay. And so you fill out the dealer app, and they're really just trying to come out with some colorways of dunks and just call them skate shoes? Or what is their plan at that point? Just yeah. to give you some I mean, dunks? as far as I knew, it was like... Dunks, nobody was even buying that shit back in the day. That's what really... At, at that point. SB got dunks back popping, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's like... But coming from Chicago, like... I'm looking at this shoe and I'm like, no, this is like what people want, man. It's like not some bullshit new design, whatever. It's like you can get the puffy as hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Chicago's always gonna have a gravitate towards a dunk too, because if you really look at it, it's very reminiscent of a Jordan, like one. Jordan one. And we're a Jordan City, we're fucking Chicago. And that's what dudes started skating on in general. They were skating Jordan ones for it sure. It was like Jordans and, and fans. Exactly. It was like pretty much pre-airwalk almost. Dude, there's, a, you know? yeah. there's amazing old school photos, like pool photos and shit of people wearing Jordan 1s. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking cool. So anyway, yeah, so getting this account or whatever, getting that, that Nike SB account, it, it had nothing to do with like understanding what it was going to be or even think about that. You know what I mean? It was like, no, I want, that shit will fit where we live and like, cool. But DC, DVS, action you know what i mean like all the shoes that were around at the time were like ipad like all the shit that's not there anymore that's what was our main shit at the time yeah it was the whole shoe wall. Mm-hmm. you just named like the whole shoe wall. america maybe yes america uh, yeah exactly <laughs> guess who's not anywhere to be found now a lot of those companies every single one of them 
Yeah. I ain't you seen know? nobody with no Cyrus is on it. So, I mean, <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we were the first to do that, but then they were the first to, like, back, back the big corporate companies, and eventually all the rest of the guys are gone. Right. Yeah. So when when does SB start going crazy? So you get the dealer app, you fill it out, you get some dunks. Immediately. Okay, so they start doing the limited shit right I, away. I remember getting like like maybe like fifteen or eighteen pairs of Heinekens. And you know what I mean? Like I know you, you, you know what I'm this? talking about? No, I have no clue. The Heine- no, you don't the really. The Heineken dunks no. are amazing. Dude. Like the Heineken colorway with a star in the heel. Oh, for real? I've never oh, yeah. seen them. Motherf- <laughs> people knew real quick, and like motherfuckers were coming from all over the the area to uh-huh. like come and like ask about it and whatever. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's crazy. And when you got the Heineken Ducks, and how many pairs did you get? It was like 15 or 18 pairs. Yeah, that's well, normal I mean, for a quick strike, right? Yes, yes, normal for because that's the thing. It's forced rarity. Anything that you make that rare, dude. I mean, it's just supply and demand at the end of the day. You know, you yeah. make a limited supply, people want it. Right. It, well, and that's the thing, and that's how it was at that time. Go 10 years after that, you know, where Nike, Adidas, Kant, everybody. They're going direct to consumer because of internet. Like at that point, there was no online presence. So you had to like journey. You had to go to a shop. You had to go to a footlocker to get Jordan. You had to do like, you had to search for whatever the fuck you wanted. Right. You know? 10 years later, not the case anymore. Like any app, you can like have shit to win it. You know what I mean? Whatever. So if you're on it, like you basically have everything at the palm of your hand. Where all the years prior, you had to you had to fly to another city, wait in line to get whatever shoe came out in that city. Or something, yeah. Right. Where you know, the past ten years, it's like if you just got in the shoe game in the past ten years, you've been used to having everything at your disposal. Yeah, for sure. So this you, is, they don't even know the game. This is something you know? I kind of want to know. Um, so walk me through a release day back in the day at Uprise before. People got in their head because Sneakery went crazy. We need to do raffles. We need to have all these shoes pre-sold. Say like the Dinosaur Junior Dunks coming out. What is that day yeah, like at Uprise? At Uprise. Well, back then I did did not have to worry about it. Is there lines? There's got to be lines. Big right? ass lines. But yeah. everybody that was there wanted to be there. Well, it, exactly. it wasn't like a money grab. There wasn't a resale market then either. Not as much. I mean, it was there, but all those dudes that had been doing it forever. That was their life, you know. Like they want to hang out, they want to stand out all night. Yeah, it's like have a little fit of whiskey and like smoke a joint and like hang out and talk shop. You know what I mean? Like it's the hunt for the prize. You know what I mean? And those dudes got it, and there was like no problem ever. Everyone respected each other, and like that's the way it was. You know. Now it's like if a motherfucker doesn't get it, it's like it's like you're you're taking money away from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, no. No, it's not how this shit works. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's. Does it make sense? I don't know. Yeah, that makes total yeah. sense. So what is what happens when that goes from being fucking crazy, where I mean, any, any quick strike is going crazy, to where you see it start to fall off? Like, do you have to adjust? Because I'm sure that changes... All the time. I'm, that's why owning a skate shop in general is adjustment. I mean, look, quick fucking adjustment. You, you know streetwear. You know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. So it's like, look at the past five years. It's been a hiatus for five years. You know, because Nike in general took it to the next level where they're like, no. Oh, but it also ties into online presence. 
And all these corporate companies, nobody knows what shit's going to be. This is all new. You right. follow me? So it's like every company is like, oh, shit, I can just like go direct to consumer and take the entire margin. Why do we need stores? Because they don't understand street well, presence and stuff. Until now. So you're talking like 10 years have passed, you know, and honestly, Nike right now is the only one that's actually understood that and been like, you know what? Holy shit. We could take that entire margin and we could like continue what we're doing and take, you know, all of this and put all of these shops out of business. But if we do that, where's the longevity? Like where's the longevity in it? Like without these stores in the front line, be it sportwear, SB, whatever, without these like hood stores, you know, stores in communities to make things happen, where are we going to be down the line? Nowhere. Exactly. You're going to have no soul. You're going to have no culture. You, you, yeah. you, you just are in it for the money and you took it. And where are you at at the end? Nowhere. So honestly, right now, they are the only fucking company that's understanding that. You know, straight up, Adidas is like, oh, hey, Adidas is like, you know, hey, you know, um, do, do you want to be, do, do you want to like be a certified Amazon seller? Right. And you're like, no. <laughs> no, fuck you. I don't, I don't give Amazon a fucking penny because I'm a brick and mortar store. Like, why would you even like, who do you think prompted Nike realizing that somebody at Nike feedback from shops? Because what do you think made them realize it? All of the above. All of the above. Makes sense. Like feedback from the stars. I know you were in their ear. I've heard you be in their well, ear. And feedback from a lot of the upper management in Nike SB. And then getting past that is a really tough thing because past that everybody's so ingrained in the corporate part of it that they're you know they don't really care you know (laughs) burping again (laughs) no but but once it hits a certain person like once it hits a certain person and they're willing to like step up make a voice say no fuck you i'm gonna leave if i can't redo this right now like that's what happened yeah between sandy bodecker and a couple other people like they literally just like were like no this can't go this way like either you give me free reign to reformat this or i'm walking away we're gonna be right back with you right from uprise but right now we finna get into some hot shit for the week you already know uh, this week we gonna bring y'all. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, we gonna we gonna go ahead and get into Deep Crush, man. These are our boys, Deep Crush from Chicago. This song's called Railroaded. Let's go.
So with the the big relationship with Nike, with it going from thriving to the low to them deciding upon themselves to get more back involved with the scene, what prompted the the Vans partnership with the expansion of the shop to the Vans side? I mean, once again, that was kind of a natural thing. Like Vans as a company at that point, maybe whatever, 2014, 13 into 15, they were, you know, try, like moving in on Chicago as a market. Like it was untapped for them. It's pretty much a Nike city anywhere around here. Like, so Vans strategically was moving in on Chicago. Like Vans stores. Well, no, like, no, not even Vans stores, just Vans in general. Okay. Like, like we've never advertised, we've never done shit in this entire area. And going back to the mini country thing, it's a big market. It's a fucking huge market, you know? So they're, they're hitting us up and they're like, oh man, like, do you have a DIY spot? We want to put money in, like this or that. And I'm like, oh man, this would be fucking great. But we didn't have it. At that time, we did not fucking have it. Still don't have it. Right. <laughs> or like, you know, like a, like a, somebody's warehouse like can we like put money into it to like whatever whatever and i'm like no nothing exists here right now right <laughs> right pre-house event so anyways make a long story short opportunities there mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, I know that they're like trying to do something and then like can actually i mean you, you know the next door to uprise used to be the video shop right you know so when they moved out, that place was sitting there empty for close to a year as they're feeding us all this information. And we're just like, well, Ken actually was like, man, I wonder if they just want to do like a pop-up shop or something next door. Let's just fucking run with that since we don't have like a warehouse or this or this happening. Let's just try to like give some momentum with it. And literally went from an idea to built out and done in six months. That's how that shit went. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm about skateboarding, and I don't care. Like, I'm not saying whore it out, but like, if somebody's there to help move the local skate scene in a different direction and be a part of it, I'm all game. Like, right. we, don't, we don't know anybody's shit. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're in for the right reason and you want to move in and do some cool shit, let's do it. You know what I mean? And literally, that's how it came about. It was really just or came out of nowhere it went from an idea to done in like six months you know that's crazy i feel like over the years vans vans and nike and you would probably know the the exact numbers so please correct me you've had multiple uprise collaborations with both of those brands so they've clearly been brands you've been very loyal to and they've been very loyal to you throughout the the whole relationship to do like multiple sneakers with each company it's been three or four with Vans, right? Yeah, but but it should be like that because like we're we sell a bunch of different product. Like we're not we we don't we're not sponsored by a certain brand. So it, like we're not dictated by this company or that company. We're a brick and mortar store that can do whatever the fuck we want to do and support whoever we want to support. You know, so if they have our back, I have your back. Let's do this. You know what I mean? And, like, that's really where it comes from to me. It's, like, if they have our back and they're willing to work with us and not treat us like you need us more than we need you, so, you know, (laughs) take it or leave it. You know what I mean? Like, if it, 
which a lot of companies treat you like that. If it's not like that and they're willing to work with you and meet you in the middle, whatever that is, means, you know, like, I'm in it, you know? Like, you're helping out our, our skate scene in Chicago. Yeah, but I also wouldn't, like, I would say, unless it's some trash product, if you guys choose to back something, it's going to go a long way just because of where you stand in the city. That too. You guys could choose to represent a brand very strongly, and it's going to do a significant amount for that brand as well. That too. Like, a lot of things you guys have stood behind, I've seen an influx in the how much I see it in the city, just because I know you guys are maybe buying more of it, presenting it in a better way. So if you really just choose to rock with a brand, you could definitely, it's not a one-sided partnership. They're not doing you a huge favor. If you really choose to fuck with someone, you can significantly grill their market in this region as well. So 100%. It's got to be an actual partnership. Well, and, that, and that's what I mean about like, if, 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 if they're treating us right and they're, they're treating us as an equal and trying to grow as a brand and as a store together, we're a team, you know, everything's good. But if you treat us like we're some like, you know, you need me more than I need you, like, oh, well, we're fucking out of here. Because you don't. And then all of this ties back to direct-to-consumer, online, you know, resale shit with all of these brands. You know what I mean? Like, like they pretty much gave the shaft to, like, everybody over the past, like, you know, 10 years. So only certain brands understand that, you know, and, 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 <laughs> I hit the wall. Yeah. Oh my god! Just pick up word with that because that siren is going crazy too. I heard it, dude. Yeah. I was like, like no, no. In the back, though, I was like, no. In the back, though, I was like, that's so awesome that can, it like, actually can hear the siren. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was rad, you know. Yeah, just, oh, yeah you good. Bro. <laughs> just pick up with it. It all goes back to like the resale thing. And just go from there. It's starting whenever you want. Then we'll just edit that shit out. Cool. I mean. In, in my head, it all goes back to direct-to-consumer with the big corporate brands, you know? Like, I don't want to, like, pinpoint one because they've all done it together. And also, it's, like, who's to blame because, like, Internet just came out, whatever, 10 to 15 years ago. Online sales are very new. Nobody knows where shit's going to go from here. And it's been, like, a a very weird like cycle up until now. I mean, look, look at look at the neighborhood. Look at Wicker Park. Look at downtown. How many storefronts are closed? You know, what I mean, it's like so hard to have to have a brick and mortar store and compete against the same people that you're buying product off. Yeah, of. hell yeah. How come? Um, from what I've noticed, and you can tell me if, if I'm wrong, I feel like you guys haven't made a really crazy e-commerce push. You guys have a site, you sell stuff, but I feel like you put way more attention into the store than the e-commerce site. Great question. And honestly, that's because we're blessed and live in a big-ass city with a lot of people. Where somebody that's living in a rural wherever, they don't have that. You know what I mean? So they have to venture off to, to get that money somewhere else. And so you feel like if Uprise is in a city with a 20,000-person population, you're focusing a lot of energy on the e-com? 100%. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I go to the shop all the time. I see the foot traffic. You guys aren't hurting. And so that's a good reason to focus on the brick and mortar. Yeah, I mean, like, even if, like, like if I'm talking to other shop owners from different cities, wherever they're from, and we even start talking about rent. And we start, I'm not going to, no numbers are going to come out, but, like, wherever <laughs> you're from, I'll say what I have to pay. And they're just like, what the fuck? That's crazy. And then I'm like, well, it all... It's all 
it's all in perspective to how many people you have. Like, we have so many more people in Chicago. We make more money. You have to pay to play. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like it is. You know what I mean? So it's like also like with skateboarding and shit. Like, motherfucker, break their day. They trying to get it now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get my shit now, type shit. Right, fucking now. I can't wait. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's all I do. Like, I can't wait a week for my new deck to come. And that's why we go way out of our way to have almost everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do. <laughs> Not, I mean, obviously, it's my favorite shop in the country, but I feel like even if Thrasher made a list, you guys are in the top 10, like, hands down. You know, because of the selection. And me and Evan, my friend Evan, were having a conversation earlier. It's very still skate driven. What what made you never branch out into carrying all these brands that kind of are related to skateboarding? Because you easily could have did that. Because you guys do carry like FA apparel, butter goods. You carry things that not necessarily teeter the line. They're more skateboarding, but they they look just like a streetwear brand. So what made you never bring in all these other brands that could probably generate dollars? I mean, without calling out a bunch of corporate names, once again, direct to consumer. You know, like we had to make these alliances with smaller companies that have our back. You know what I mean? That aren't selling, you know, everything out there. Like basically with a lot of the bigger brands, they whore it out. They sell their product on, you know, like the minute they get it in, I don't get it for three weeks to a month, month after they already put it on their website. And then it's on sale in two months. But I literally just got it in my store. And it's 30 to 40% off on their website. Exactly. And it's full price. So it's like, why, why would it? There's no partnership in that. There's no anything in that. So it's like we had to make a lot of alliances with smaller companies just to have shit that no one else can get. Do you feel like the representation of how good of soft goods you guys have is based off how it's so hard to make money off hard goods where you have to carry all those soft goods? Oh, it's always been that way. Yeah. I mean, especially shoe money is where a skate shop gets through. But isn't shoe money also the, where you could like fall on your ass? Because the size run of shoes is like $300,000. I mean, if, if you're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and you fuck up, yeah, you're, you're going to fuck yourself up. But do you feel like if you miss one shoe trend, then it's the crazy season? No, because like... It's, it's kind of hard because even right now, like, I've already ordered for summer 2020. Like so you have to pre-book everything. Yeah. So it's like if you get too much, you're fucked. If you don't get enough, you're not making that extra money. So it's a lot of your own personal judgment on, like, what, you're, what you want to do and what you're capable of doing. And it sucks. But that's just a part of the industry. Yeah, totally. Well, With everyone starting a board brand and there not being money in it really – how do you choose what board brands to carry with the 7 million board brands now? I ask all the younger dudes. That <laughs> <laughs> no, makes sense. But I feel like you guys still have like fucking 40 brands represented on the board wall. We do. And it's insane. And you have to have like a specific relationship with each one of them. Where back in the day, you could like go to one distributor and get six brands here, six brands here, six brands here, and have it all you know, accounted for where now it's like, no, every single company you're, you know, is 10 emails for a single order and it's just taking up all your time and energy. Yeah. Burping again. Like I said, it's the face about you. <laughs> so shit, like, so like, 
on that shit, like, and what do y'all have planned for the future? Like, what's going on? Like, uh, uprise coming up. Well, I mean, I really don't have any huge like. I would love to make a skate park. I would love to do a bunch of things, but time and energy dictate that, yeah. you know? So kids, this and that, you know, I, I, I'm actually really, really waiting and hoping for somebody to come in and pick up some of that slack. Because yeah. everybody looks to uprise to be like, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, no, well, we've done a ton already, and you should do that, and we'll back you up on it. True. Hell yeah. And honestly, like, I've, um, you know, like, two kids deep already, another one in the oven coming. And it's like, I don't know if you know, but, like, that takes up a lot of time. It's like 22 years deep. Time. 22 <laughs> years deep and, like, given you're all everything to skateboarding in the city, it's like, all right, man, like, you're just waiting for whoever's going to come in and, like, understand and and put up some of some of their time to make some shit happen it's just crazy though because there's been other shops that were you know they were there they were known but they're not here anymore so it's got to be discouraging for someone to try to come in and even help or make their own way because y'all are really the only ones that have stood the test of time there was there were shops people fucked with like modest people fucked with modest and modest isn't around anymore well but if you think about it there's still five other shops in chicago still in, in the city? Yeah. I mean, you have Prosper, Prosper. Prosper down south. You have Citizen up north. You have... I mean, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I there is say, still things happening. But, shout out Prosper, man, for doing shit no. for the music scene. No, and I love those dudes. I love those You know what I'm saying? Though. I mean, yeah, the, the, the dudes from Prosper and Citizen, they're both... All, they're all good people. And, and going back to what I was talking about earlier, like, we live in a mini country. Like, there's room ha- for everybody. Ha- there's room for all of us. And it's like when a company calls me, it's like, yo, these dudes want an account. Like, what's up with them? I'm like, no, those are real motherfuckers. Like, give them that account. Right. Like, Prosper, I whoever. You, you know what I mean? The, what's his name? Prosper, I know Oscar or something. What's, Oscar told me y'all basically got him a Nike account. I used to go skate the little back room. I mean, I don't want to put that on some, like, oh, yeah. I'm blasting shit, but I'm just saying, like, that's just love, though, to be like, yo, that's what I'm, do well, your thing, But man. it's about skateboarding, you know what I mean? It's like, if I know that people are in it for the right reason, if if you're in it for skateboarding, got your back. If you're just in this yeah. to, like, be cool or make some money or whatever, man, fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? So, like, and they came in, like, real, real motherfuckers. So I was like, yo, got your back. Yeah. My first time being up there was last weekend. I went up there last weekend, they had a show, and they always doing shows up there. Yeah. Like, I fuck with that. In the, in the room they do the shows, we used to skate, like, a little box and rip. Sure. That's how I know it. He's a good dude. He's awesome. I was up there last Saturday. I was up there. How do you, <laughs> how do you think you continue to get so many of the, the younger generation that are, like, skate park kids when you guys aren't by a skate park? It's just the word of mouth and like I gotta go fuck with Uprise. Well, cause that's what it is. Cause like you gotta you gotta get wheels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like you just talked about, if you break a board, you wanna you wanna set up a new board, yeah. and and they can go straight to Zoomies downtown. Yeah, true. And that is which amazing. which well, which, happens, shit, which happens, which happens. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, you know. Given the opportunity, a kid will go the extra mile uh-huh. to support wh- who he knows and wants to represent, and they all do. You know, I'm giving them. All credit right it's now. It's just weird because like my it, mind, if you need my a mind pen, doesn't even go to that Zoomie shit fuck because like, you know what I mean? like it wasn't no Zoomies yeah, when I was a kid. Like my mind don't even go to like go to Zoomies. <laughs> I honestly don't know how many boards Zoomies are selling like skateboards. They're selling a shitload of clothes, obviously, but they have a board wall just to say we're a skate 
chop. That's yeah, why but once again, at the end of the day, it's like if a kid gets his first bard from there. Oh, you think he really has an emotional attachment to his <laughs> No, not at all. But I'm saying, but maybe he would n never have gotten a skateboard yeah. if he hadn't gone in Same there. Same way, because look, so, look, bro, I got my first deck at motherfucking uh, Sports Mart, bro. <laughs> bro, but they had board, they had a birdhouse. I was like, yeah, I'm going to cop the birdhouse, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that's how you get in. You know, when you're a kid, but once you get older, you be like, you start seeing what niggas are skating on. You start seeing what motherfuckers Exactly. You be like, nah. I, I ain't going, I'm going there, because yeah, that, that's what's happening, you know, and people shit. see it real quick. Yeah, and they will fry your ass, too. You come up to the party, you got that little birdhouse board. <laughs> Where you get that from, bro? I, I just think there's something that comes from going into the skate shop and seeing familiar faces. Whether you become homies with them or not, you just go to cop a board. I think that's how you form an attachment. Like I don't think you form an attachment. When you walk into Zoomies, they're trying to sell you shit. They, they're trained to sell. Oh, you getting a board? You should get these shoes. Like... What do you mean? You go to the skate shop, you're like, damn, I broke my board into board. They're not pressing you to get some fucking shoes, too. If you want some shoes, they'll get you from the back. You can try them on. But they're not like, man, what else do you need? You should spend more money. It's, it's a more organic experience. I can see how you become a I mean, and because, like, it's Zoomies, motherfuckers. It's the mall, motherfucker. Like, motherfuckers is just trying to sell you shit. Like, we go to a skate shop, you start, it's culture in that motherfucker, you know? Like, that's where I learned about hella music at. I learned hella music from skateboarding. Me, too. I learned a ton about music from growing up. Hell yeah. Like, it's shit. I wouldn't. It's shit. I wouldn't even be on if, if I wasn't skateboarding. Was that from more like videos, Video. like that was skate from videos. videos, or that like was from just a, that was from a videos and B when the motherfuckers came out with the backpack with the speakers in it. <laughs> motherfuckers just shorties back on the spot. You know? Yeah, yeah. Was that a shorties bag or no? Yeah, it's a, no, it's a shorties. Bag. That's how I learned about hella shit. Just being at the spot. It, it was called. The, it was speakers. called the, the G bag. Was well, called a G bag. <laughs> was it a Muska's bag or something? He totally was. Yeah. Shut up, awesome. Remember his special, his special Tony Hockey pull out thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time in skateboarding. When you're looking at these new, like new, even apparel brands and everything, what what draws you to it? it is it like the team, or you like just like the way it looks? Because I think me and you, not to cut myself off, I guess we had a conversation about Hellas, and you were like, "Man, I was wearing the Hellas jacket when I came to your crib," and you were like, "I thought about bringing it in many times, and I just haven't pulled like pulled the trigger." What makes you decide to bring a different brand into the shop? Having having like more of a relationship with the brand, you know what I mean. Like if, if my rep or whoever, if I can't like vibe with my rep, or if he's not like a skateboarder that can like, you know, you know, just come in and be like, "Yo, dog, what's up, man?" Like, blah 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 blah. It's not as as important, you know. If I if I can't like vibe with my rep, like it it really doesn't matter. Like I'll just move on. Because having that relationship with that person, he's going to be, he or she's going to be going out of their way for you at certain points and like working with you together. It goes all, it goes back to a relationship, you know? And if that person's like, if you don't get along or if they don't have your back and you realize that, you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Right. Because so it's more it, of a, like an organic just relationship. Yeah. How it feels. Yeah. Or, or if it's like, the last dude actually skated and like we could like he'd come to Chicago and we'd go out and skate and like have a dinner, go out till whatever time in the morning, you know what I mean? That that shit's priceless. Do you feel like you'd rather support that relationship and maybe not make as much money than support just some brand that's hot? hundred percent all the time. That's that's amazing though. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What are like I mean like like I said, I mean and you know, anybody could say that, but at the same time it's like like we were talking about earlier, off air, you know, like we don't sell like electric skateboards. We could hoard out. We can make all kinds of money on that shit. 
Right. We could sell those little onesie fucking wheel things, you know. We could we could do all kinds of things to make money and whore it out, but we don't because we're a skateboard shop. Would you ever ride a longboard? I mean, I can ride. I ride everything. That's what's done. I can ride anything. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, like, I, I have nothing against longboards, but it's like I don't it, think Chicago's the right place for people to be riding. It's like, well, it's not because like we try to educate people and like let them know. It's like, yeah, you could go buy a longboard. But I don't want you to hit the street and be frustrated and scared within the first, like, ride that you take and never ride it again because you're not educated on what it is. It's like, you know, the wheelbase of a skateboard, like, people don't even think about it. Like, all the dudes in the shop say it like this. Like, have you seen a limo turn a corner? (laughs) Right. True. Think I about, thought it. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It goes, you know, hard. like like that. That's a fucking longboard. True. All right. So why would you want that in the city? You yeah. ca- you can't turn on a you can't turn for shit. You need a shorter wheelbase where you can turn on a dime and get around everything. Put that thing on your back. Get on the train. You know, and and, and move around. But everybody's been programmed to think that like you need this big ass board. That's the cool shit. Cool points. Yeah. We're not about cool <laughs> points. We're about like. That gets you cool points. It does. For, for a minute, <laughs> really for a game. minute, then you're out. Yeah. So, like, for us, it's about, like, supporting skateboarding and longevity and, like, being there for, like, the real motherfuckers who, like, will continue to do this for the Hell rest yeah. of their life, you know? Hell, yeah. You guys have done a lot of great, like, art events and stuff with great foot photographers and brought a lot of, like... The yeah. Cardiel DJ. They got set. us in the Thrasher. Oh, I was yeah. in the Thrasher. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even like Joe Brooke, you have a really great, genuine relationship with him. How do, how do you form that with a skate photographer being a skate shop? He just around shooting photos? Because we've been doing shit for 25 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just being deep in the game, it's, building it, relationships. It, it, it's the shit that comes with... Yeah, raise the can of that. Yeah, that's, you know? That's, 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 that's a cool right there. I'm only 30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah you're, they've been in it for a minute. I mean, I knew Joe before we even opened up the skate shop. Yeah, he's amazing. The photo you gave me out on the wall is amazing. Um, what you guys always when you drop like uprise merch, that shit always goes crazy. But I feel like you take your time with dropping the the, the shop merch, and I know you're getting way more money on it. Is that just because you're busy with other things? You just don't feel like doing a bunch of shop merch, or what is? Where's what's that? No, it's not that I don't want to, because it's always ha- haunting me, always. But it's because we do so much other shit. And I'm constantly, like, doing this skate jam or that skate jam or this video premiere. It takes away your time and energy from doing the things that actually make you money. And that's been a big deal with me in the past couple of years because it's like you got kids, you got this going on, that going on. Time is, like, priceless. You know what I mean? Like, you can only do so much in a day. You know what I mean? Like, at one point in your life, like, yeah, you have all the time in the fucking world. But at another point, you're like, oh, my God, I don't even know, I don't even know when I'm going to fit this in. Does it feel like 20-some years for you? It probably doesn't. It probably feels like that shit flew by. No, it feels like 20-some years. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, shit's a little crazy. I guess behind the scenes, it's probably a little, little hectic. Wait, so, like, how did y'all meet? SketchUp. I used to talk to them from Overboard, so I knew them, like, as a phone voice. I would, like, they would buy, they would buy videos from us at Overboard, and I, we sold their video. And then I moved here. I remember I moved here and we were staying in Uptown. And I was like, oh, I want to stop into Uprise. And I don't know if you were there the first day. I think it might have been Ken and Slice or Paul. 
But I was like, oh, I'm Kurt from Overboard. And it was just instant, like, I've talked to you on the phone a shitload of times. Then me and you met. And it didn't start off where we would, like, kick it. Like, we kick it now. It was just like, yo, we know each other, cool. And then we would, like, oh, see each other, have a beer, get each other's number, skate. I used to skate with Paul and Slice a lot. He was, he's been busy most of the time I've known him because he's fucking busy. But, uh, no, it's because I had kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I hope to God at some point you, you guys experience this, but, like, once that happens, it's a whole new world. And you just have to sacrifice time to give to them, you know. But... You moved in right when I was having kids. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I moved yeah, here 10 exactly. years ago. Totally. So yeah, that was why. But then we just became cool. We kicked it, like, teach each other at each other's cribs, go out for drinks. It, it was a, the actual friendship came, like, later, but we were always cool. Like, uh-huh. rip, just from knowing each other from, like, the phone. But it made it even better with your brand, Flock. Yeah. Kurt yeah. over here, he's he, he's very humble dude, you know what I mean? He but is, he had uh, a badass company called Flock. He, he talked about it every once in a while, and I try to, like, dip dig into him about it but he'd be like nah, I tell him that, I'm like bring that shit back dude that was like awesome we like it was a great thing to represent you, you know, know Chicago really good. man it was this good. Is a good story like we did we were in we ended up being in like 10 or 11 shops before we stopped I did it with two of my like childhood best friends it was an amazing time you were the just the first shop to like hold us down the first run you were like yeah bring it in and you're like yeah I'll take size runs of this 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 and I was like cool thinking you'd like hit me later and you just cut the check and then you sold you sold through it like I need to re-up on this and I was like, man, I, I appreciate you like doing this. And you're like, I'm doing it because like I fuck with you, but I'm you're like I'm selling it. He's like, I'm not gonna keep buying <laughs> if I'm not selling it. And that was like a real moment where you're like, yeah, like you're my boy, but like this, shit, I wouldn't keep buying it if I'm but, not but selling it. But the point it. is, so that was an, that was amazing. But the point is, gave it a try. Yeah, you gave it a try of rip, and then you're like, let me get this, and then the next drop, you were confident enough to be like, let me get three of this, like. And you're like, yeah, I'm not just doing you a favor. I almost act like you were doing me a favor at first. And you're like, nah, people are buying it, so I'm going to keep ordering it. You know, if at first you did me a favor. If it sat there, you'd be like, man, good luck. You that, know? Was, that was just to back up your ego on that shit. Be like, dog, keep that shit going, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Keep it no, going. That was an amazing time. And I appreciate you. You were the first physical store we were in. And then it started to be where shops in, like, California would email us and be like, yo, we saw this shit. We were on a run. Our last shit did the best. But it was just life shit that got in the way of that you know i was just gonna say life takes over sometimes it does and you know you're at a spot where you have the physical location and everything you you've been through a lot in life but you can't just like close the fucking shop you know it's easy to stop like a small brand you're doing with your friends if some shit happens you can't just be like the shop's over fuck this shit 20 years is over you know you're more invested like you've seen a lot how did it feel to see fucking little timmy johnson to fucking timmy now Watching him skate is insane, dude. Fucking amazing, dude. When did when did he become part of like the family? Because I know y'all ain't got oh the team God. vibe. This is the best story ever. I got a story too when you're done. Because it's an amazing story. <laughs> Can we take a break for two, one second? Yeah. Right. So I think it was the year 2000, maybe 2001. Like early morning session. I'm at, at Burnham Park, 31st Street, and, and hanging out. And, you know... The, these two kids come with their mom. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry to interrupt. Who the fuck is Timmy? Timmy John? <sighs> Chicago legend, Let's bro. not put that into this. <laughs> no, no, no. So he... For the like, listeners, you know what I'm saying? No, Timmy Johnson right now in 2000, September 2000, motherfucking 19, is one of the best skateboarders coming out of Chicago. Let's, Let's put it. it that way. Let's, Let's get you it. You know what I mean? Like, without going further, he's like, one of the best motherfuckers coming out of Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I know who Timmy is, but I had to do it for the listeners. 
You, you right. got me. You yeah. got me. I'm getting good at this podcast, man. <laughs> 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 Opening up the story. So check this shit out. So back in the motherfucking day, whatever, it was probably, like I said, 2000, 2001, I'm at Burnham, and two kids show up. Do you know he's got a twin brother? Mm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Twin motherfucking brother. These two kids are skating, and they're, like, you know, with their mom, and, like, at one point, like, I'm watching them. Timmy's, like, you could just tell. I'm like, I'm like that kid's got He's got it, dude. Like, you could just tell. Like, when you watch some kid who's a natural, they're a fucking natural. Mm. Some people have to work for it, like myself, and some people yeah. are just fucking natural. I know so. that feeling. I know when you see, like, a little kid bust a tray for you like, how old are you, bro? <laughs> right. Maybe, like, 11. <laughs> So I'm watching Timmy skate, man, and he's fucking tearing it up, and he, he takes one of the garbage cans, and he ollied it standing up first, and then mm. put it on the side, and he was trying to kickflip over it. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, what's up? You know, How old do you think he was at that point? Probably 11. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> probably 11. You just said it, the 11-year-old. 10, 10, 11, you know, like right on there. He's taller than you, bro. He doesn't even know, because I brought this story up to him recently. Uh-huh. He, he remembers the day, but he doesn't even know exactly, you know, uh-huh. how old he was. So anyway, he's like, starts to try this kickflip over the garbage can put on the side. And I'm like, I go up to him, I'm like, dude, oh, man, that shit's fucking sick, dude, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was like. You have three tries, dude. If you land this in the next three tries, you can come through Uprise and grab any skateboard you want. Got you. Damn. Oh, no. He had never been through yet. You know, uh-huh. he, he's from... Did he know the shop? No, he didn't uh-huh. at, that, at that point. You know what I mean? He, did, he didn't even know the shop. He just got into it and was learning. So he pulls it on a second try. Like <laughs> kick flips that shit. And I was like, yeah, it was so sick. You know what I mean? I'm like, come through, bro. Like, here's our address. I talked to his mom. You know right. what I mean? Like, mom, this is what's going on, you know? And she was super hyped. Brought him through, like, the next day or maybe the day after. You know what I mean? I'm like, take what you want, man. <laughs> take what you want, man. Anything you want, you know? Picked out a board. Done. And that's how I met Timmy. Damn. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Like you said, shit, when it happened organically like that, you know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that almost brings a tear to my eye, man. But it, <laughs> yeah. you know, because St. Ig loved the kids. <laughs> yeah, and, and to this day, he's not a fucking kid. He's a grown man, and he's got my fucking back. You yeah. know what I mean? Hell like, yeah. He's a grown man. Yeah, oh, dude, he's like, yeah, killing it. But it's like, that's why Uprise is there, to like back up the talent exactly. that's here from Chicago that supports our scene and get them Hell to where yeah. they need to be, you know? Like, uh, just just from, like, talking to you right now for this, like, little second that we've been talking, bro, like, I see a lot of similarities, like, what we trying to do, like, because I, I, we got, like, a little record label or whatever. And, like, it's a lot of similarities, you know what I'm saying, to, like, how, how like, you build y'all shit, you know what I'm saying? I mean, all I can say yeah. is... It's, you, no, I just want to say it's inspiring, man. Not, it's no, just it's, like, it's, damn, it's, like, it is. Just did it, bro. Like, you could do it. Perry, fuck. Yeah, all I got to say is keep your fucking blinders on and do what you want to do because motherfuckers are always going to talk shit. People are trying to bring you're, shit you're down. Never gonna, you're never going to be, you know, like nobody's ever going to put you in the spot that you deserve. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. keep doing what you're doing and, you know, the light shines through That come back at to a certain like, point. So like our last guest, we had a show you stuck on here. And remember when he was talking about like, you just got to do the shit 
for the for the enjoyment of the process of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was yeah. the gem we took from that. He's like, just enjoy the process because we were talking about oh, once we once we get some following, and he was like, just enjoy the process. Don't that, worry about I'll get the following. Just enjoy doing that, what you're that, doing. And that's kind of like what I'm saying about that. Like you know, don't believe the hype. Fuck everyone. Not fuck everyone, but I'm just saying like. You're never going to please everyone, and there's always going to be somebody there hating, talking shit. And it's like, unless I say that shit to your face, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all hearsay at that point. You know what I mean? So just do what you're doing and, like, keep your creative energy going, and, like, and, and, that, and that's how you're going to survive and, and win. Yeah, I think a lot of people that I... I didn't just say win. That's not, that was the wrong, the wrong, wrong word. Because <laughs> there's no win, and it's, like, just yeah, it's making a- shit happen. Mm-hmm. It's just fulfilling what you want, you know. Yeah. That's what it is. A lot of people will just try to bring shit down because they're not doing what they want to do. They're not living up to their potential, so they want to bring all their shit down because it just makes them feel some kind of way. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it's more and more happening. Like it's like it's because the internet. What the fuck, dude? Like, people can say anything about anything they want anytime they want. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, what what the fuck have you yeah. done to like? talk this shit you know what i mean like i don't i don't understand yeah did you know they got rid of likes on instagram in canada you can't see how many likes photos get and they're about to like disable comments well going back to what i was i was saying earlier like it's all new dude nobody knows what this is doing to people commerce and like the mental state of people so it's like we're watching this shit happen and we're gonna see yeah honestly you know what i mean like i don't know what you think about that shit but like yeah, yo, it's really it, yeah. it's taking over motherfuckers' lives, dude, and they 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 they're no not even. Know, no one knows how this shit is gonna affect us. Like, I be thinking about like when I'm when I'm like sixty years old. Will I have? Will I still have my Instagram? Can I scroll all the way down to when you were twenty seven? You know, <laughs> that'd well, be a dirty scroll. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and that's another thing too. Like, imagine coming up. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have that coming up. Exactly, middle school. High school, this is their so whole life. the shit yeah. that you're gonna post that's gonna follow you the rest of your fucking mm-hmm. life. Cause it's just like for us, we had like motherfucking like photo albums and your mother would be like, Oh yeah, bro. look at this photo of me when I was like, bro, like like I just the said, paper kids paper like, trail, man. When people are kids, I mean when people are like sixty years old, they're gonna be able to scroll down until they every job every job that that motherfucker is ever gonna apply for, they're gonna go straight to their social media and be like, yeah, you gotta keep your what are they up private, to for sure. So I'm saying, unless that, well, no, but this is a fucked up thing that I'm glad we're talking about, because unless that youth has the proper guidance to let them know that you're fucking up, they might not know. Yeah. And it's going to fuck them for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? Because we don't know either, shit. But we're still older and understand that shit. We understand, yeah, we understand how motherfuckers like. Yeah, but imagine like growing up younger than you when you're in middle school, high school shit, and don't have that guidance, you know what I mean? to tell you that shit. Yeah. They're not going to listen to their parents, but unless they have somebody older around them, be like, yo, dog, that, that's not how you do this. Well, you, you got kids now. I know. So, like, so, like, they'll, they'll know. Do they know? Do they have Instagrams? Like, they don't even have phones. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you said your kids are what? What? 10? 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Like, when do you think is an acceptable time when they actually, I don't know. like, like pop I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. They, it, it's never happened before. Nobody like, knows. Yeah. I think he's got to feel it out. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, I hope everyone agrees. Every year you get older, you learn so much more. And you just, you, not to say you don't make mistakes. I make mistakes fucking two to three times a day, basically. But as long as you learn from those mistakes, you can actually talk to someone else about 
something that happened to you and actually relate to them and tell you what happened because you did that same thing. 100%. I think a lot of people, A, they think their parents are out of touch just because of their fucking parents. But if you, if you kind of give off that vibe, like you know because you've been through it, they might open their ears and listen to you because you can actually tell them, I did that shit and this is how it played out for me. And you can't be like, just don't do it. You just got to give people the tools and information. I feel like there's so, much more, so many more tools out for the youth and if they want the information, it's there for them. And you just got to tell them, like, yo, this is not going to play out because of this reason. I feel like a lot of parents say, no, don't do that, and that's it. If you tell someone, don't do that because this shit's going to happen because I know because it happened to me, hopefully their ears open a little more. Bro, They're yeah. just like, no. I remember my mom was telling me shit. They're like, she was like, I've done this shit before, bro. Like, don't do do what I'm telling you to do. And like, I, bro, like, I, and not until I was like 25 did I just be like, you know what, like, I'm not gonna do no shit like my mom's probably wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but like, but that's the thing is because you parents and you and like kids are automatically gonna think you lame. And that's I'm gonna bring it back to like shit like you said like is your is your son your son or your daughter's older? Son's older. Yeah. Son's older. Son's older. So like, when do you feel like it's gonna be an acceptable time to forget him a phone? I don't know. You don't know? Because I'll. All their parents are in the same position. We're all new to the yeah, shit. Exactly. Half half of his his friends have phones, and the other half don't. It's all on the parents to dictate when that happens. Spend time with your fucking kids, and like do uh-huh. projects and do fun shit. Because I don't know how we got talking about kids, but uh-huh. like straight but, uh, up, I could they could I could bring them home from school, give them a device, and I will not hear from them the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of parents do. Uh-huh. You won't. You will not even see well, that. It's like a babysitter for them. They're like, "Yo, just go do you." You know, but that's not the way to be involved in yeah. the upbringing of someone. No, but this is like all shit that I've never thought about before until like right now. It's just like, how do you even? How do you even deal with? It? I know. It, I know it's got to be crazy. That's well, it's not even that. It's it's more. Just, it's taking the time mm-hmm. to do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you have to spend time and do shit, yeah. which a ton of parents either they can't because they're working fucking three jobs. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh yeah, everything's great. I, I don't have to do anything. I could just like, they learn in school and like they come home and I don't even have to fucking communicate and it's great. And I can work on me and my job and making more money for my, you know for the fam or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all into your life right now, man. That's yeah, you I'm interested. It's just um, like do your kid skate. He can rip. Yeah. Does your daughter skate? She can if she wants. She loves soccer. He loves basketball, but they can both skate. Because girl skating is going crazy. Girls are it's crazy. crazy. It's going no, man. crazy, bro. Yes, definite, like, like awesome like reason to, like, take this to a different level because mm-hmm. I can't believe it, actually. Bro, like, I remember, I remember when girls would skate when I was young. Like, they would skate, and they skate like girls. Girls don't skate like girls no more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say there were... Quite a few that were like the leaders in it that like dealt with so much bullshit because mm. they were fucking hard asses. Are you talking on the pro level, like Alyssa Steamer and shit, or what? Yeah, Alyssa, Alexa I mean, Sablone, and exactly all all of those all of those girls, man. Like they they paved the way for what it is yeah. now. Alexa Sablone fucking always killed. Like, like she was crazy. When guy. I say that girls don't skate like girls no more, it's like I can just imagine like being a little girl like picking up a skateboard and like. They skating like regular. They skating like everybody else. That's not even a thing in their mind. Like, I mean, they have the same passion and understanding yeah. that anybody, any guy has. So mm-hmm. it's like, how can you deny that out of a human being? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It doesn't matter. 
As long as you're having fun doing it, that's what Hell fucking yeah. matters. Like, you know I fuck what with it, yo. I, do, I, yeah. I seen uh, my homegirl, Bailey, like, she be like, we be just, like, fucking around skateboarding. She, she go to, like, all the girl, like, skate events they have at, like, House of Vans and shit, or they be at Clemente and shit. They pull up all the time. And I'm like, that shit is tight. She said at the House of Vans, they wasn't even allowing dudes in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, full, full women, I was women going skate with her, night, yeah. And she was like, I don't think they letting dudes in. And then she got me, she's like, yeah, they wasn't letting dudes in. So, like. <laughs> well, I mean. G- going back to you know the start of the conversation it's like yeah th- those things are happening now and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing you know Hell the yeah. fact that they have that platform to even like build a scene on is it's 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 fucking awesome because mm-hmm. that wasn't there bro it was even even five years ago it you really know what i mean so it's like you probably had like one girl that used to kick it with y'all that used to skate no i mean there's been plenty that have that have come through over the years don't uh-huh. get me wrong i'm not I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying like, there hasn't I'm been just women like skateboarders, my shit. <laughs> but there's way more younger female skating now than ever. But all I gotta say is, talk to a motherfucker. Don't think that every dude's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Swear to God, man. Like, yeah. cause I, I hear all kinds of shit, and I'm like, no. What do you mean? Like, not every dude's a fucking asshole. Because yeah. if you go to a skate park, you know, I don't care if you're a dude, or you know, male or female. Mm-hmm. You have to make your way and navigate a fucking skate park. Nobody's going to make, like, give you, like, a perfect route to get to wherever you need to go. And, like, and that's half of skateboarding is, like, being able to navigate. And, like, I was, like I said, my, my homegirl, Bailey, she's skating shit. And, like, when I was telling her, I was like, I feel like skateboarding has always been, like, like one of the most, like, inclusive, like, things that you could be, be a part of. Because, like... Cause like I was black, black kids didn't skateboard back in the day, and then we started and like motherfuckers was opening, motherfuckers didn't care, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those like like you were saying, bro, like it's one of the most inclusive like things that you could be a part of for real, that like accept everybody. Yeah, like I said, no isms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, even for my, for my ass, like growing up, you know, we we did not have skate parks, mm-hmm. none. Yeah, no, I anywhere didn't. we had. N- no, no fucking public skate park. So we grew up on the street, mm-hmm. which was, I think, amazing. You know what I mean? That's like, like, still you learned... terrible at transition though, because we didn't have a fucking skate park. We didn't have a skate you park. You grew up either, ass you know? at transition, dude. And yeah. that, and that's life. Yeah, yeah, I learned awesome. some craftsmanship because of that shit, though. Craft. I built, I built a few boxes. I built, I, built, I built a few boxes in my day, bro. <laughs> I built a hell of shit when I was a kid. How do you feel yeah. about? Uh, like he was talking about the girl skate jam at House of Vans. How do you feel about House of Vans coming to the city in the West Loop? I think it's amazing. I mean, for them to spend money to create a space to bring, you know, bands, artists, have open skate nights, whatever. I mean, it's not an. Sorry. It's not like they're not making money off this shit. They're just no. doing it. No, they're just doing it for to bring content to bring like you know whatever their culture to chicago and they're willing to spend money on it did you guys help them pick the spot or anything they reach out not at all nothing no. i thought the west loop if was they, a kind of weird if spot, they would have they wouldn't have spent as much money but whatever they did what they did so i think okay. west loop is dope for that shit bro. No, it's location wise yeah that one of the dopest spot places you could be yeah. but yeah. if you un- if you know the background and i i'm not going to drop anything but like it was not easy, and it was a lot of fucking money to make that shit happen. Mm-hmm. It's a super nice space. That's crazy. House of Vans like, is rad, That's man. probably what the only indoor park... Is there any other no. indoor park? There's the, the one... What's the one that Chaz always used to go to? What's that called? Kind of far away? 
Triple, no, uh, Triple R or Crush. Um, Crush. Is no, that still around? No, Crush no, was Crush. Crush. Southwest. Oh, yeah. Shut up. I didn't, Crush, I didn't go to that one. <laughs> no, Crush was sick, I man. I, I went there all the time, bit, too. Because, like, when I was in high school, when I was I grew up on, like, the west side or whatever. We ain't had no skate parks out on the west side. And then, like, when I was in high school, I moved to the south suburbs. And, like, that's where I met, like, my real, like, core skater friends or whatever. They had a skate park. I used to just kick it to the skate park. And they'd get winter, and they'd be like, Airlayer? Uh, Airlayer? Oh, I've never heard no? of that. No? Okay. <laughs> but motherfuckers used to uh, always uh, go to Crush. 147th and Sibley? Oh, yes! Yes, You might bro. have been real young then at that point. Yes, all bro. right, all right, okay. I do know about that spot, Joe. Okay, because we went there. The intersection. All the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. You got to drop the intersection. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, it's off the highway. It's like, you know, right off of, down, uh, down south. It's right yep. off of 57, Down bro. south. I know, I know all about that shit, bro. We went there. All, I mean, that was our spot, man. We drove all the way the fuck down there to like. Because it's cold out here. Yeah, and there ain't shit. Nah. Yeah, yo. With the House of Vans, I know I brought it up earlier. You guys did a lot of collabs with Vans. Not even sneakers or anything. What's your favorite Uprise collab with any company you've done over the last fucking million years? Oh, wow. <laughs> it can be. I know you've done hella hard goods. Like, you did a real collab. That's a hard one, man. Like, What's the top three? Because one would be crazy. What's like a couple, or just something that come to your mind that, that was really cool? And if there's any cool stories behind them, the co- how the collab came about. Wow, that's a fucking good question. I know you've done man. a million. I've seen, I know, I've seen some I, really cool ones yeah. since I've been living here. I mean, I definitely like the Stevie Dread Blazer for Nike SB. Like, hands down, on, one blazer. one of the top like ones for me. That blazer's that colorway is fucking amazing. I love that shit. So my homie Jorge is a shoe cobbler, and he had those, and he found them like fucked up. He just restored them and wears them. They look brand new. It's fucking amazing. Wait, which wow. one? Oh yeah, the great. The great. Yeah. The blue ones. Like, oh, yeah. the what do you mean? He like cleaned the suede off and shit? They're and, like, perfect. Fucking they look brand new, dude. He had them on the other awesome. day. Uh-huh. So what, what is, that, that shoe's amazing. I wish I had that shoe still. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Because I love blazers and that colorway is just perfect. I only kept one on ice and I've never not worn them. You still them. got one? Yeah, but I've never worn them because if I start wearing them, then I'll never get them again. Yeah, never. I mean, never. So they're just there, you know? No, it's an amazing one. We'll try to post a photo of it on Instagram so everyone knows what we're talking about. Hey, by the way, follow us on Instagram, man. What if some other collabs? We'll do that. Beep beep. Hey, Woo boo. <laughs> um, honestly, I think the the real one for our twenty year anniversary, where they did the, the storefront in the front on the board, mm-hmm. really like that. Like, dude, the fucking, storefront sh- it photos really well. I don't know. I don't know a lot about photography, but there's something about the front of the store photographs really well. Yeah, because it, it has. We're probably going to use ca- that photo no, for the No, it has fucking character. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even when we were moving locations and I'm looking around and at that point, tons of new fucking, like, condo high-rises are coming up everywhere. So there's all of these, like, cookie-cutter bullshit condo storefronts everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, literally everywhere at that point in the early 2000s. So it was that... Or get some, like, shitty spot that, like, had some character and fix it up. I mean, when we got the spot that we're in now, we had to we had to re-plaster the entire fucking inside of it. And learn how to do it and, like, get it fucking done and, like, build mm-hmm. everything out, you like know? some skateboarding shit, just figuring it out. Some DIY spots, fucking no, it is. build like, this up. M- most skateboarders can make... A lot of shit out of nothing. That's what I was saying, man. Craftsmanship, man. That's why I learned craftsmanship at, man. Between craftsmanship, 
art, art artists, musicians, mm-hmm. like whoever. Like most skateboarders have some other passion in their life that like is useful in a different place. And it's, oh, for sure. And it's all of that. You know what I think it is? It's, it's like it's like the NFL for like all kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like the only sport that motherfuckers like that are in the alternative shit like fuck with hella for real. I mean, that's, that's kind of a good way to sum it up. Yeah. Most skateboarders, like you said, are into some other shit, but it's usually like art based or like you're building something. Mm-hmm. It's I think it might be the same Music, type of brain activities or something. I feel like we really can't talk about this come up without shouting out. I feel like I feel like Ken held you down through this whole shit. He had your back like oh, super 100%. hard. Yeah. I feel like Ken's like your your fucking like dude right hand so I just feel like man. you gotta shout him out in this episode being like your, your episode about uprise like yeah I, well if that's the case I'm gonna say I'm gonna shout out Ziad yeah you gotta give people their love that had a part in helping you create this one of the best case shots mm-hmm. in the country dude homie from the beginning who basically put up the money from the beginning Z love you bro and then Maya came in two years later bought in you know what I mean like held it down for a few years had personal shit happen, moved to Italy, you know, was f- faced with sell it, split it, or buy me out in 2004, you know what I mean? And then like, all right, made it happen, bought her out, figured that shit out. And then Ken was pretty much there right at that time, and he's still there to this day. Yeah, that's when I moved here. Yeah. I feel like he was just like with you, like he was like your right hand is helping you maneuver through all this shit. 100%, so, man. Yeah, just yeah. shout out Ken. I just want to make sure we snuck that in the episode. Hell yeah. So I just feel like he's done a lot for the well, shop. I'm glad you did. I, I would have done. I was waiting to do it, but he got to me we first. We didn't get to the shout-out section yet. I, I snuck it in. No, but honestly, man, like, yeah, I mean, like, those type of motherfuckers in your life coming up, man, you have to take care of those dudes because, like, you know who they are. You know who they are. You know for who sure. they are. And far and few between, man, you know, like, there's only so many dudes that can really, like, Put in 100%, have your back, and not hate not hate on shit. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm a part of this, and like I'm going to put in 100, 120%, you know? I feel like that's a life lesson. Like you just said, we all know who those people are in our lives. You know, anyone listening, you know who that person is. If yep. you're going to start some shit, you know who the person you could count on to ride with you through it. Where they're like, yo, I got your back. Even if they question some shit sometimes, they're just like, I got your back. But that's what friends do. Exactly. But you know who the friends are that are going to do that for you. And you got some friends that be like, man, I fuck with you. But I'm gonna and if you, if you don't wait. have friends that do that to you, then they're not your real friends. No, for sure. Yeah. Definitely yeah. find some people that do that to you. Man, this conversation has been yeah. amazing. Thank you so much for coming, dude. This yeah, but of course, man. Awesome. You got... Sit here all night, man. We could, we'll probably run it back in a couple of We could do a part two in like yeah. another year, Once maybe. we get the video going, we'll do part two for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sounds awesome. So yeah, big ups to Ryan. Big ups to Uprise, man. Change the change shit in Chicago, Chicago. really, really change shit in Chicago. It's, it's a staple in Chicago still Hell to this yeah. day. It's a staple. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and uh, let's wrap this shit up, man. You already know. We need y'all to like. We need y'all to rate. We need y'all to review us, man. Leave a comment on our shit, man. This is the Face Value Podcast episode ten, man. We're gonna go ahead and get up out of here, man. See ya. Skirt.